Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Well, night has fallen on the Mojave, and we are up in the high desert tonight. A beautiful Saturday night on the Mojave. Crisp and cool, a little bit windy, a late winter storm coming through. But we are already seeing a few wildflowers, those first brave young souls, realizing too late that it's still a little bit too cold. Hang in there, buddies. Spring is coming. It's a wonderful setup out here tonight because I'm broadcasting from this old yellow trailer on the grounds of Outpost Project's Joshua Tree, the opening night of an art show. The group show, it's called Found with Curate Joshua Tree. Well, there are all kinds of people walking around in the night between the main house and the various sculptures on the trails. And there's a shipping container across the way. People are in there singing songs and what have you. There are big creosote and Joshua trees all around. And we've got radios piled up all over. Every kind of portable radio in various states of repair. Outside the trailer here and around the property. So people are enjoying a night out with all these artists and all this art. A night out on the big desert way down a dirt road. And people are parked up and down the road and just arriving or maybe just leaving. Just running down to the liquor store to get something. BRB. They're listening to the show on their car radios. Maybe they're just sitting in their cars, warming up, taking a little nip, maybe making out with somebody, like those people over there seem to be doing. I guess it's a Toyota RAV4. Boy, they're really going at it. You think they're okay? And right here in the Desert Oracle Mobile One broadcast trailer tonight, we have red, blue, black, silver. He's got these ancient synthesizers and strange effects boxes. Why, there's enough cables and cords here to strangle a box full of goblins. Other than our opening and closing theme music, which, as we've often needed to explain, was recorded by a supposed all-goblin surf instrumental group exclusively for this radio program, all of the soundscapes you hear tonight from red, blue, black, silver are happening right next to me in real time, as they say. I sure hope none of this stuff blows up. So get real close to your radio if you want, because the Ides of March have passed and yet many debts remain unpaid. Many debts are due, past due. And there are many strange things happening in the desert, in all the deserts. And I want to tell you about a place in the desert where things have always been a little off, a little sideways. I want to tell you about the weird little town of Trona, way up past Ridgecrest. Uh, Sorry. On the, Let me get in here. On the road to Panama. Excuse me, sir. Let me just Valley. Get here. <clears throat> Am I late? No. <clears throat> Brendan. <clears throat> Brendan Mays, it's good good to see you. What you doing here? Oh, hi, Ken. I just uh, came by to drop in on your show and say hello to all your guests. I 
know you're doing a live broadcast, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I'd I'd come on by and uh, join in the festivities. You got a great art show going over here. There's live music hanging uh, ha- happening over there in that container, and uh, well, I just wanted to be a part of it. You know, I was fairly certain that you were working up at the regional office until April, and that we might not be enjoying your company right now, especially regarding the preserve. Well, I got uh, I got all the proposals uh, done and turned in on time, and I think that it's a, it's a good time to take a break, you know, and see what's happening out there in the hinterland, seeing what's uh, what's going on with the, with the real folk that we're here to serve. We do mostly appreciate you when you're back at the regional office because we have had some problems recently, and I I do hope that you're not here on on the subject of the. Uh, the solar buses. Well, uh, actually, Ken, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to have to to bring it up myself. I really like it when you uh, just kind of lead me into things and, uh, and allow me to to go on and on about them. I appreciate that. We were going to talk about Trona and Death Valley and the back road to Panamint Valley. Very beautiful, beautiful, good things. And Trona, beautiful, yes. And yet you're here at the preserve and. Hopefully we can wrap this up really quickly because we have a lot going on here tonight. Can you tell me why you've paid a visit to us here in the high desert tonight? Well, I I wanted to talk to you about this solar-powered buses you're doing at the Desert Preserve. And I think there's just a few little problems that you're not mentioning. And I I think that uh, many, many others, you know, it sounds good on paper, but there's a a lot of drawbacks to this that the public should know about. And I don't think you're considering them. What are the drawbacks to clean energy and clean energy vehicles? Oh, look, Ken, let's just get one thing straight. Now, here, we, we at the Preserve are, are into alternative energy. We're turning to other sources. and But we, we need to kind of shift our focus now with the new administration and the, and the, new, the new thoughts that are coming down and, and talk more about energy independence in our country. You know what I mean? I mean, we want to have an America that doesn't have to beg some foreign dictator, you know, for energy to keep the family warm and safe on a bitter cold night, you know, or kowtow to some foreign power who oppress their women folk and uh, work to suppress voting rights and they promote socialism in order to make a few more petrodollars off a feeble old Uncle Sam. I mean, you're feeling me here, aren't you? You know where I'm coming from. Our population here at the preserve is 32 people and half of those are seasonal. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know, there's the general public who comes to uh, enjoy the beauty of our park. And, uh, well, we uh, we have things to teach them, and we'd like to teach them uh, a few important things about American energy independence, or as some have called it, energy dominance. Can you tell me, if you must, why people should not ride a solar shuttle bus through the preserve that does get quite crowded in the springtime especially we're just on the verge of springtime we do have lines of cars at the ticket booth you know ken the whole idea behind solar power is uh well it's it's kind of frightening and an oppressive idea just think about it. You know, I mean, they got these shiny swarms of uh, solar power plant projects, and they're marching and covering over our vast sandy plains. And they are blinding our visitors. They're they're cooking birds with intense reflections. You know, they're 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 uprooting thousands of desert tortoises and trapping other wildlife in their fences, all to supply power for the and for the technology and social media addicted urban centers of our coastal dwelling. Brendan, elites. I fear that you are conflating two fairly different issues, one being the use of industrial solar power plants on public lands, which we are strongly against, and the other being 
people using a form of clean energy powered vehicles to travel through a park so they're not sitting in traffic breathing exhaust like they would be back at home in the city well you got a point there but it's not just those power plants and i didn't mean to conflate or inflate or deflate any argument that you're going to have going on here really what my problem is is these uh supposedly environmentally friendly electric buses uh, come at a cost that we don't necessarily see right in front of it were you aware that they're destroying vast swaths of South American deserts like the Atacama. They're, they're pumping and evaporating billions of gallons of water just to make the lithium for our Teslas and Priuses and all these other Muskmobiles running around. I mean, it's unfair. It's unethical for us, you know, to destroy their desert to save ours. That's the point I'm trying to make. We have U.S.-built shuttle buses, clean energy. They're charged right here in the park. I think it's a great idea, and I... I honestly find your approach baffling. Well, it might seem baffling until you listen to me talk a lot about it. You know, it's... it's let me just tell you, you ever heard of this organization called Amnesty International? The fantastic organization, especially when we agree with them. And did you know that they had just released a report that said in the supposedly democratic Republic of the Congo that there's children as young as seven mining cobalt necessary for these vehicles to work? I mean... They're dying of black lung. They're, they're rife with scrofula. They're, they're, they're being killed by mine collapses. I mean, why depend on slave labor when we already have the energy we need in this country right now and at low prices? And I'd also like to point out the very un-Americanness of buses themselves. Look, we're a nation of individuals, right? Each free to putter along on their own path of freedom and discovery. That's some proletariat mass of conformists, you know, subjecting themselves to arbitrary routes and schedules, long wait times, crowded and smelly conditions, mentally ill people, you know, drug dealers on the buses. You know, I'm assuming, you know, some good people. We generally enjoy our buses here in the national parks and the preserves and the state parks and other such places because they do allow people to come into a wilderness area and not have to fight parking and parking lots and everything else. You hop out at the stop, you enjoy your day hike, you come back afterwards. You go back to town and enjoy a meal at the saloon. It seems like a very good system. It is a very good system. If this were 1950 you know, or and maybe even 1980. But, you know, we're not some sort of luddites here. We're not against new technologies. We're not against disruption. We're not against innovation, you know. So we've reached out to new technology companies in efforts to modern, modernize and streamline our operations. Uh, we've looked... Uh, You know, not to some sclerotic, bumbling bureaucracy or some oppressive government mandate, but fresh, free market. (laughs) We're looking for some fresh new ideas. Brendan, I hate hate to mention this on the radio, but since you did just kind of burst in here without invitation, I did receive a folder uh, regarding some disciplinary actions against your behavior at the regional office. And, well... I do not want to cast aspersions here, but we do have to take a look at your relationship with a local yet foreign-backed oil company, and it seems you failed to disclose a number of interactions with this oil company, both when you were initially a consultant for the preserve and after you came on full-time. 
Uh, Ken, there's all types of revolving doors going on in the government. There's all types of revolving doors at department stores. There's revolving doors everywhere. You're in one place getting money, then you're in another place getting money. One minute you're working for the government, the next minute you're working for private industry. What we're trying to do is co-mingle the two, Ken. We're trying to bring private industry, private industry, and we're trying to bring public works together to find the greatest efficiencies that we possibly can. So some people might call that a conflict of interest. I call it a confluence of interests. Well, I appreciate you coming by, Brendan. Um, It is not up to me to make any decisions regarding disciplinary action. I am, as you know, not management, but management does play a role here and we do have public boards of concerned citizens and they've been showing up at these meetings and they keep talking about you uh, well of course they keep talking about me you know I'm, I'm a, if our people are always trying to pull down the big dog on top the attractive guy you know let's make fun of him let's uh, he doesn't drive the right car uh, he said the wrong thing you know because they're jealous the let's concern, be honest Brandon, Ken, is jealous. that you are signing agreements that you do not have the authority to sign you are signing agreements for mineral exploration underneath the wilderness in the preserve that will not stand again whether it'll stand or not is up for the courts to decide, really. I mean, we could talk about it all we want right now, right here on the radio, but that's not going to solve the real issues. That's for the lawyers. Let the lawyers figure it out. That's what we pay them for. Right. Brendan, are you not a lawyer? Is Uh, that not your job at the regional office? Well, it originally was, yes. I was legal counsel for the office. That's how I started in a Stanford Law School graduate 89. Yes, that's right. Graduated with honors, I might add. Congratulations on that. Uh, thank you for dropping by. Uh, you're welcome to hang up for a minute. I do have to get this park information out, oh, if you don't right, mind. Ken. Well, thank you for letting me uh, yeah, state my opinions and my points and uh, not shutting me down completely. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. This is informational radio for visitors at Desert Oracle Preserve. Welcome to Desert Oracle Preserve. The following campgrounds are closed due to tourist season. Creosote Flat, Jug Canyon, Fitzgerald Wash, Paiute Creek, Centipede Springs, Trial and Error Canyon, and the Mona Lisa Loop. Due to a recent outbreak, you may experience a number of curious phenomena at Pinion Hole, Devil's Teapot, Mesquite Harbor, and Tarantula Gardens. Goblin Holler has not reopened, and there are no plans to do so. No plans at all. The investigation is ongoing. Welcome to Desert Oracle Preserve. Regardless of the weather, it is always advised that you carry at least 20 gallons of water at all times in your vehicle, 10 gallons per person on the trail. It is advised to carry four extra tires, fully mounted and changeable, using hand tools. If the campgrounds are full and you choose to camp on private property or other such posted property, your vehicle will be impounded, your dog will be given a new name. Do be mindful of the mine holes, as we say out here. There are lots of old mining claims in the desert, and many of them are exposed, just a hole in the ground. It might drop down 50 feet. It might be barely covered with some rotten boards and sand. Just be careful if you care to be. And if it looks like any kind of hole in the ground, back off. Back off and don't leave anybody down there. 
Brendan, as you're still here, I'd like to ask your opinion about the music festival that you had made some announcements about operating. Is that still something that's going on? Uh, well, no, Ken. After the demise of uh, Desert Days, we've kind of decided to take a slightly different tack, and uh, we're not really sure if we're going to go ahead uh, with the music festival as planned. Can you tell me what the problems were with the previous festival? I know there were a number of arrests. Uh, well, the problems with Joshua Jam were uh, were manifold. Uh, we had uh, a little bit of problems with people uh, trampling uh, trampling lizards, basically. They tramp trampling uh, the, the French toad lizard, which I guess is uh, on the endangered species list. We, we, lo- we, we do protect species here in the preserve. That is uh, the, yeah. both the point and the mission of the preserve. Well, you know, the human being is a species too, Ken, and we have to respect his wants and desires too and we just have to work it out so we have no music festival plan for the sand flats wilderness what is the replacement plan because i did get a memo that there is a replacement plan well uh there was a replacement plan we were going to move into a different section of the park we were going to try to in the in the preserve we were going to try to uh, have it more on the alkali flats where we're going to set everybody up because of the uh the trampling issues with the lizards and the slipperiness of the lizards uh, when you step upon them caused a, a few injuries. Uh, we decided also to, to move up underneath uh, some of the uh, more famous rock formations where we have our, our grove of ancient Joshua trees so, so, so people can intermingle with the ancients and kind of get a feel for the spiritual aspects of this place that we, uh, we hold so dear. The Joshua tree is an extremely fragile species. They're very... <laughs> you, you say they're fragile, but Ken, look where they're, where they're living. They're living out here in the middle of a desert. I mean, they've managed to survive for a thousands of years, you know, with, with hardly any water and, 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 and birds pecking at them and little rodents gnawing on them and stuff. You think that a couple of festival music goers are going to do any damage to these these wonderful, strong, hardy trees with root systems 30 to 40 feet deep? I mean, how are you going to hurt those? The root systems, in fact, are very shallow and That's not, not what I've read. Not deep at all. And in fact, when your contractors cleared the parking area between the Joshua trees, we lost more than 14 trees last year. Well, there was the incident with the uh, drunken uh, scraper operator, and uh, he got a little out of control, but we managed to wrestle him off the machine, and uh, he only managed to damage, like you said, about 40 trees, but we replanted bunch of new ones and then you know another 100 200 years they're going to be full size and beautiful and then the future people will love us for what we did we we're going to continue investigating this regardless of the Please. regional office and their statements so far on this now i see you have a whole prospectus there uh, yes I we do. have just a few minutes and i'd really rather have you do that now rather than return to a later program so if you could please let me know what we're doing here and let me know how i can alert the community so that they know how to respond well we need to alert the community to a wonderful new program of getting people around our natural desert preserve without using these basically deadly solar buses. We've discussed this about the solar panels and the, 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 the Ivanpah thing with the birds and the burning. We discussed all the negative issues about it. So what we tried to do was try to find some positives. So we reached out to our friends in Silicon Valley. We got a lot of friends out there. 
and they got some great ideas. Have you ever heard of this company called Uber? We, we have heard of Uber here in the high desert, yes. Absolutely fantastic. Super convenient. All you got to do is swipe on your phone and they show up. They take you anywhere. It's absolutely fantastic. The best thing about it, Ken, there's no public expenditures. Uber drivers pay for everything. They have to pay for the vehicle. They got to pay for fuel and maintenance. They got to pay for their insurance. They got to pay for their own health care and retirement. That's a huge expense. They even have to pay to stock their cars with water and, and, and Kleenex so they can get a good review. You know, it was revealed in the news just a few days ago that the average Uber driver is actually making only $3.61 per hour, which is far below minimum wage anywhere in the United States. Well, you know, you can quote some people. You know, figures can be manipulated. He's making $3.61. Another guy's making $15 an hour. Somebody else is making 30 The whole marketplace will sort itself out. And if some people aren't getting paid enough, well, maybe they're just not working hard enough, Ken. Have you ever thought about that? What I'd like to bring up, and I fear that it will not significantly change your approach here, but we don't have cell phone coverage in most of the preserve. Well, we're uh, we're handling that with our partners at Nextel and T-Mobile, and we're looking to put up uh, uh, cell towers, mini cell towers, really tiny ones. You're only about three feet long, and we're gonna we're gonna put them in. And you know, you ever see those fake palm trees, like when you go out to the, that truck stop out in Baker, and they got it looks like a palm tree, but that's not a palm tree. What they, is it? They don't look like palm trees. They look well, like cell towers. They look like palm trees to me and to most people. Ken, the trick is you gotta fool most of the people. Not everybody. You just gotta fool most of them. So we're gonna put palm trees all throughout the Joshua the Joshua Tree Forest, and 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 they're going to provide cell coverage. For uh, for the uh, smartphone users, so they can uh, get an Uber uh, ride when they need to. How many Ubers are you planning on having running around a small desert preserve that is mostly dirt roads? Uh, we're not going to have more than fifty or sixty. I mean, depending on the load and depending on how many people want to use it, that's going to determine how many Uber drivers are going to come from the surrounding communities to uh, to, to serve the uh, the preserve visitors. Now, you did propose a pilot program from the regional office from this. It was, in fact, denied. It was denied at the regional level. It was denied at the state level. And it was denied at headquarters. So how is it that you're moving forward on a private car hire system when we actually have the solar buses in place now? And, in fact, they are getting record ridership. Ken, you know, you talk about denials this, denials that, and I think that maybe you're the one who's in the state of denial. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not trying to insult you. This is your show, okay? But, like, there is a lot of things wrong with this. So, and the trucks have not been delivered yet. These buses have not been delivered yet. There is still time to head off this menace before it arrives. I've spoken to a lot of people about this, you know. I mean, a lot of our local county supervisors are very glad about all the jobs this is going to bring to the local economy, you know. There's just not a lot of jobs here around the Desert Preserve. And the ones we have don't pay too good, you know. The the Dollar General didn't get his stars and bars by being too generous with the wages and benefits, you know what I mean? Uh, Uber allows workers to scrape together enough of these trickling strings of income and allows them to kind of assemble a kind of a tasty leftover shepherd's pie of money, you know. At, at, at the end of the year, they're doing pretty good. We want to give them jobs. The sharing economy. It's the sharing economy, Ken. I mean, I don't control the economy. You don't control the economy. The president doesn't control the economy. The economy is. And you have to adapt or you don't survive. 
just like the desert animals we see out here. They have to adapt to drought conditions. Bighorn sheep storing water, storing water. That's what you got to do. Stay out of the sun. It's all about adaptation. I appreciate you coming by. It's always something like a pleasure. I hope you have a safe drive back to regional headquarters tonight, I hope. And we'll see you again maybe next time with some type of warning. All right, Ken. I'll make sure to call ahead. You can call. You know, we don't have cell phone service, really, in the preserve, so a a letter is best. Oh, okay. That sounds fine. Yes. You do still have stamps and envelopes at the regional office. Yes, we do. So two, three-week notice. One of the perks, Ken. One of the perks. Yeah. Just give me a little bit of notice. Okay. Not asking for too much, but thank you for coming by, and please take... uh, this this folder back to the office with the information. When we're not care to read it, you don't want to review it. There's a lot of really good figures. No, I'm talking about together. the one about your disciplinary action. Oh, I don't have that with me. That actually doesn't exist. Yeah, we'll we'll send you home with that, and we'll we'll mail a copy back to headquarters so that there's no problem. And you know the solar buses are actually here now. They're filled with people. Well, okay, we'll see what the fallout from that is. Thanks for coming, Brendan Mays. This is Desert Oracle Radio. We are broadcasting from Curate Joshua Tree and Outpost Projects. We want to thank Outpost Projects and Curate Joshua Tree for having us here, for letting us set up camp in this old yeller trailer, and I hereby take the liberty of speaking for Red Blue Black Silver, who provided the live soundscapes created here on the scene on these curious and ancient analog synthesizers. And I'll once again take the liberty of speaking for Brendan Mays, in this case at least. To thank you all for listening, to thank those of you standing out in the cactus at this very moment in time. Oh, it looks cold out there. Looking at these dubious people in a trailer, microcasting to a bunch of radios piled up all around. It's a weird time to be around, but a good time to be alive, to be out on the desert in the night, awake to the possibilities, awake to the opportunities at hand, the battles yet to come the earthly paradise on the other side if we're lucky if we live that long now on april 26 in palm springs we are doing desert oracle live and i want you to come on down 6 p.m free museum thursday night this is during the andy warhol Exhibition there at the Palm Springs Museum, a sublime occasion. We're going to be in the theater there. We're going to have a lot of your favorite characters from the high desert and from Amboy to Zizix and across the Great Mojave Wilderness. This is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from Outpost Projects in the high desert tonight and always on Friday nights at 10 p.m. You tune your radio dial to KCDZ 107.7 out of Joshua Tree and 29 Palms in Yucca Valley and everywhere all the time with your favorite podcast player, especially this Art 19 player that we have embedded like a Choya spine into our various websites and social media systems. 
Certainly you can do it however you like on the iTunes, on Google Play, on TuneIn. However you do it, we do appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone, tonight. And good night from the Voice of the Desert. <laughs>